0: In this episode, we'll be continuing our study of the book of Joshua by going to Joshua chapter 21. If you have a Bible with you, turn there and follow along while I read beginning in verse 1. Then the heads of the father's house of the Levites came to Eleazar the priest, and to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the father's houses of the tribes of the people of Israel. And they said to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, the Lord commanded through Moses that we be given cities to dwell in, along with their pasture land uh, for our livestock. So By command of the Lord, the people of Israel gave the Levites the following cities and pasture lands out of their inheritance. I want to stop there because the following verses go into great detail about exactly what cities they are, and there are 48 of them in all. And what I want to do right now is to kind of take a break and flash back uh, to help you understand how we got here for uh, Levi not to get a, a plot of land like The rest of Israel did, but to only get cities, there's actually reasoning that goes behind it. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 49. In Genesis 49, Jacob is about to pass away, and he brings all of his sons to his bed and offers them a blessing. Except for two of his sons, Simeon and Levi, their blessing sounds a little more like a curse. Verses 5-7 through seven of Genesis 49 says, Simeon and Levi are brothers, weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. O oh, my glory, be not joined to their company. For in their anger they killed men, and in their wilfulness they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob, and scatter them in Israel." This sounds like a a harsh last word for a father to say to his children. But Simeon and Levi had done something very terrible earlier in their life. If we back up to Genesis chapter 34, we see the story uh, of Simeon and Levi defending the honor of their sister Dinah, who had been raped by a man who, uh, after the event, had decided to apologize offered to marry Dinah and, and do anything else that he needed to do to, uh, to make restitution. Simeon and Levi said, we'll allow it if you and all the men of your town are circumcised. So they said, okay, we'll, we'll be circumcised. They went back. They had all of the men of the town be circumcised. And then verse 25 of Genesis 34 says, On the third day, when they were still sore, two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their sword and came against the city while it felt secure and killed all the males. So these guys had offered to do everything they could to uh, gain forgiveness and repay uh, the horrible thing that had been done, but Simeon and Levi used that and gained their trust, and we're told while they were still sore from the circumcision, they went in and killed all the men of the town. This is the reason that Jacob's upset with them, and this is the reason that Jacob says you're going to be dispersed among Israel. You're not going to have the same identity as the rest of my children moving forward. You're not going to have the same legacy that my other sons have. And so when we get into the book of Joshua and the property is being divided and different tribes are getting their uh, inheritance, we're told in Joshua 19.9 about Simeon. The inheritance of the people of Simeon formed part of the territory of the people of Judah. Because the portion of the people of Judah was too large for them, and the people of Simeon uh, obtained an inheritance in the midst of their inheritance. Here we see that the tribe of Simeon actually loses its identity, gets folded up into the tribe of Judah. And from this point in Joshua on, you never see Simeon referred to as a separate tribe. It is a part of the people of Judah. So just like Jacob said, they would be dispersed among Israel. And so in Joshua 14.4, like in several other places in Joshua, we read this about the tribe of Levi. For the people of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and no portion was given to the Levites in the land, but only cities to dwell in with their pasture lands for their livestock and their substance. Instead of Levi getting a tribe, uh, the people of Joseph, the sons of Joseph, uh, became two tribes. Manasseh and Ephraim each uh, had their own tribe, but they represented the descendants of Joseph. And that's why you still had 12 tribes, even though the Levites weren't given uh, a plot of land as an inheritance to be a separate tribe. So they were scattered out, uh, according to Joshua chapter 21, we're back to the Uh, chapter we started in, in Joshua 21, verse 41, we see the fulfillment of Jacob's curse on Levi. The cities of the Levites in the midst of the possession of the people of Israel were in all 48 cities with their pasture land. They were dispersed within Israel, 48 cities and all scattered out all over the nation. Jacob had said this would happen to them before he died. It, It was 400 years later before it happened, but it happened. But in the interim, God did some amazing things. I'm going to take you now back to Exodus chapter 32. In this chapter, um, Moses is calling people to make a stand for God. The people of Israel have... Done things that they shouldn't, and there is havoc being wreaked on, uh, on the encampment. And, and Moses asked for people to stand on the Lord's side. And this is what we read from Exodus 32, starting in verse 25. And when Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose to the derision of their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him, and he said to them, "'Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, "'Put your sword on your side, each of you, "'and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp, "'and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor.' "'And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. "'And that day about three thousand men of the people fell. "'And Moses said, "'Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord.' each one at the cost of his sons and his brother, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. Because of their zeal and their willingness to stand with God and even fight against their brothers and sons who were uh, dishonoring God, God said, today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord. There's another place where the sons of Levi do something similar, and it's in Numbers 25, uh, starting in verse 10. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the people of Israel, in that he was jealous with my jealousy among them, so that I did not consume the people of Israel in my jealousy. Therefore say, Behold, I give to him my covenant of peace, And it shall be to him and to his descendants after him the covenant of a perpetual priesthood because he was jealous for his God and made atonement for the people of Israel. So here in a different event, another descendant of Levi stands up and does the right thing and and pleases God. And because of his zeal, God makes a covenant of peace with him and his descendants. Uh, Just because Jacob was upset with Levi, God's not upset with them anymore. And now is going to use them as his special servants, as his priest. Now, as we look at that story of the tribe of Levi, it's interesting to note that it's just like God to turn a curse into a blessing. He does this so often where people seem downtrodden and cast out, and and he uses it to bless them. These people who Jacob says are going to be scattered out uh, within the nation of Israel, within the tribes of Israel, are actually going to be able to do that to God's glory. And isn't it just like God to use the worst of his people to be ministers? When you look through Scripture, so often there are people who are unremarkable, who are even outcasts, that God uses in very dramatic ways. And even in our time, we meet people who have gone through tough times, who are cast out by even Christians sometimes, but have an amazing comeback because they're so totally devoted to the Lord and have such zeal for him. He uses them in amazing ways. He uses the very things that caused people to turn their back on them. He uses those things to bring glory to himself. So as we look at this tribe of Israel and we're in chapter 21 and we're trying to understand their inheritance, We understand that they were dispersed in 48 cities uh, around Israel. But that wasn't all they were limited to. They weren't just put in those cities and and left to fend for themselves. According to Joshua 13, verse 14, uh, Levi received the sacrifices as part of their inheritance. So anytime someone came to the tabernacle and and offered a sacrifice, that animal was put on an altar and after it had been prepared and a fire was lit under it and it was cooked. And as that meat was pulled off of the fire, when it was time for the next sacrifice, then the priests were able to take that meat and, and eat it. It had been given to them. We're also told in Numbers chapter eighteen, verse twenty six that they would receive the tithes. So the ten percent that all of the people in Israel paid to the tabernacle treasury was split up among the people in the tribe of Levi. And that's how they earned their living. We're told in Joshua chapter eighteen, verse seven that the priestly service was their inheritance. It was their job to minister in the name of the Lord. And they would do the things that God needed done that would uh, make a bridge between heaven and earth, between Israel and their God. They would take care of those things, and that for them was an inheritance. Uh, That was a privilege to get to work with God directly. When I think of this part of their inheritance, I kind of think back to when my two sons were small children, and how much they wanted to help dad when he had a project. I think about my time as a a little boy or other little boys that I've seen who seem to derive no greater pleasure than helping their dad do work that he has to do. These Levites understood that they were getting to work with God, and that was a huge responsibility, but it was a huge privilege to be able to help out Their father, they were scattered out in a way that that had them within 10 miles of any person within the the nation of Israel. Within a 10 mile journey, anyone in Israel could get to a Levite so that they could get the things that they needed to connect them with God. And we're also told in Joshua chapter 13, verse 33, that communion with God was their inheritance Getting to spend that time with God and be that link between God and other people was something special to them that they got to experience all the time. That that closeness to God was better than anything that they could have asked or imagined when they first set out on this journey with God. So as we look at this inheritance of Levi, I think we do well to try to make some application to us. We feel good for them that a a bad story turned around and God made something good out of it. But what do we learn from it? Is there anything that we can apply to ourselves? Well, first of all, I think we have to remember some things that the New Testament tells us. First of all, in Hebrews chapter 7, uh, we read that uh, because of Jesus being a new high priest uh, that had an indestructible priesthood and an eternal priesthood, uh, that the Levitical priesthood no longer exists or is needed. It wasn't as perfect as what Christ could offer. When we take that knowledge and we read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we see that we are all called to be priests under our high priest Jesus. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are these new priests. Levi's. Levi is the guy who messed it up but was given a second chance, and his descendants were the servants of God himself. We are now these priests. We are now given this responsibility and privilege of serving God and ministering to the people of God, the people that God created, and being a bridge between them and him. We can be a part of God's ministry of reconciliation. We all have the privilege of permanent access to God. We have that connection with God. There is nothing that interrupts that connection. Because of what Jesus did as our high priest, and now we in his service, we have that permanent access to God. All of us who have come to Christ and are children of his, we have that permanent access to him. And we can connect others to him. We can be that bridge. But just like the Levites in the Old Testament, we ourselves have no greater treasure than the Lord. God himself is our portion. And there's nothing that we need beside. There's a psalm in the Old Testament, Psalm 73. The author is a priest, and he captures this... uh, perfectly. And it's something that we should all come to understand and appreciate and embrace. So in Psalm 73, starting in verse 25, we read, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish you shall put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you but for me it is good to be near god i have made the lord god my refuge that i may tell of all your works this priest captures uh, in just a few sentences what it meant to be a priest and so we should look at this description and, and be able to embrace it to embody it There is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. Unfortunately for many Christians, that's just not true. We want God. We want him to be on our side and we want him to take care of us and provide for us. But we want God and some of the things that the world offers. Even though God has warned us that they will bring destruction to us and they're not good for us and they they affect our purity and our ability to work for him, we want God plus other things. This Levite that wrote this Psalm said, there is nothing on earth that he desired other than God. He said, my flesh and my heart may fail, right? My body may stop, my heart may stop working, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That word portion has to do with inheritance. My share of the inheritance. I get God as my inheritance. People who are far away from God will perish And he may even be imagining in this uh, passage uh, the people who physically lived far away from where God dwelled. He got to live in the service of God, be commune with God, and he would not die because he had made the Lord his refuge, and he would tell of God's wonderful works. I hope as you reflect on the inheritance of Levi, you can see that you're in line for the same inheritance. If you're in Christ, you're a priest in the service of God that has God himself as your portion. Is that enough for you? Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, CaleraChurchOfChrist.org or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.